Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. In Matthew 23, I love verse 27, he says, What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees and hypocrites? For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. He just, he just paints the picture, a true picture, of what these religious leaders, these, these Pharisees who thought they were representing God, he, he says, this is what you really are. You, you look the part. You are beautiful on the outside. Yes, you're wearing these fancy robes with these extra long tassels, and you've got these big old phylacteries showing everybody how much scripture you know, and you're out here saying these prayers, and you and you act the part, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones because you don't get your hands dirty. You're just acting. You see, you, you, you're like the guitar. You know, you look the part, but when I pluck the strings... You're out of tune. You're out of tune with God. You're not representing God like you should. And that's the question we have to answer. Are we in tune with God or are we like the Pharisees? I mean, who, when God plucks our strings, are we in tune or are we out of tune? Because if we think we're in tune but we're really out of tune, then we're going to be, we're, we're going to be like I was in, the, in, in that service and I start jamming on my guitar and realize, hey, I'm out of tune. And that's what happens when, when we come close to God. We realize, hey, we're out of tune. When we get into God's Word, we realize, I'm out of tune with God. And I, this whole time, I thought I was, I was in tune. And we're only fooling ourselves. Like these, these Pharisees. And so the question we have to answer is, are we in tune with God? Because if we're not, we're leading people away from God. We're leading people away from Jesus. The second thing I want to talk about, about guitars needing tuning, is this. And I said it earlier, it doesn't take much to get a guitar out of tune. There's all kinds of things, uh, humidity, the weather, uh, you know, a guitar could fall over and be bumped a kid could come along and you know and really crash the strings if you put new strings on it they you, you they they have to be stretched and tuned uh and then retuned so often when you're playing it there's just all kinds of reasons that guitars uh get out of tune and 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 it's the same way in, in our lives especially and i'm talking to christians right now uh 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Uh, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Uh, and if you've ever watched the Animal Planet or Animal Kingdom, anything like that, watch YouTube videos of, 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 the, of a lion, they're, they're not a house cat. They, they are, they're, they're called the king of the jungle for a reason. Uh, they're huge. They're powerful. They're, they're very, very strong animals, and uh, and 
the Bible says that our enemy, the opposition to God is Satan, the devil. And he is very strong. Don't, don't ne- never underestimate the power of the devil. Yes, God is much stronger. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but don't be fooled. The devil tempted Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 on three different, three different areas. And Jesus used God's word and quoted God's word to defeat Satan. But we're not Jesus. Jesus was the only one who never sinned. He was perfect. He could be our Passover lamb, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, because he was perfect. But we are human. Yes, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we strive to walk with Christ. We strive to to be like Jesus each and every day. Uh, As Paul says, I die daily, meaning that that when I first wake up in the morning, I am making a conscious effort to put self to the side, to to put my selfish wants and my selfish needs to the side and say, I'm going to live for Jesus today. But you know what? Whenever we make that commitment, whenever we make that statement of faith and as soon as we walk out the door even sometimes before we even walk out the door of our homes you know what we're hit with a temptation we're you know we we, we drop our glass of milk we we you know we spill the coffee or whatever and we get a little aggravated you know it's anger you know just tense or you know we got we wake up or we don't sleep the night before because we got uh worried we got something on our mind and we're anxious we're, we're full of anxiety we, we sin we sin. And, and why do we sin? Because there is a line out there. And he is walking around. He is crawling around like the mighty, powerful animal that he is. Because Satan is powerful. Whether you want to admit that or not, he's a lot more powerful than we are as human beings. And he knows our weaknesses. He he, he knows how to get to us. He knows, if you remember the cartoon from when I'm 49 years old, so with this cartoon, I think it was on Bugs Bunny or something when I was a kid, but they would dangle the carrot out there to, 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 to make the, the rabbit run or whatever animal it was, but they would dangle the carrot and the, and the animal would chase it and run really fast. Well, you know, it's like a fish with a, a worm on a hook. And we can, you know, I remember one time when a friend of mine and, and myself, we were in Alabama and, and we were in this fishing in this pond that we'd come up on and we were using um, a, a bass bait and it was an artificial bait but we were catching these huge catfish I mean these like 20-30 pounds I mean these things were ginormous in this pond and and it was just amazing but it, it was an artificial bait it wasn't even a real worm it was it was fake and and, and that's what Satan does he 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 he, he uses these and nothing's changed it, 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 he uses the same tactics that he used on Adam and Eve the lust of the flesh the the, the pride of life and and, and the, and the uh, um, oh I forget the third one but he he, he 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 does not change but he knows our weaknesses he he knows what to dangle in our face to to get us to take that bite to, to bite the hook and once we bite that hook you know he sets the hook and we're in trouble we get out of focus with God. In 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 1 through 13, it's a great passage there, but it just starts off like this. Paul says, Take heed lest you fall. Take heed. Watch yourself. 
That's why First Peter five eight starts off with stay alert. You know, you got to be you, you, you got to be sober. You got to be watching out. You you got to be ready because the devil don't always sneak up from behind and attack. He'll he'll come right at you head on, and you can see it coming. And it's still hard to say no because he he knows our weaknesses. He knows how to get to us. He knows how to dangle that bait in our face and get us to go for it. And, you know, to be honest, sin has ruined so many Christians' lives and it happens to the strongest. We see it all the time. And I don't want it to happen to you and I don't want it to happen to me. I don't want it to happen to anybody that is serving Christ. Um, but, but, it, it, the devil is uh, the honest truth is the devil is walking around like a roaring lion and he's trying to devour us and so we, we have to stay on top of it and and, and um, there, there's uh, uh, so many things that, that the devil uses to get us out of tune with God if you will so Watch out. Be sober. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And when and whenever life happens, whenever temptations come along and you fall into that temptation, it's not over. You know, just remember who your savior is. And and that's why Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 is so crucial. It's very critical because we are to keep our eyes on Jesus, and when life happens, and when sin happens, and we and we do mess up, or we're full of anxiety, we're full of worry, and, and and all these things are going on, and all this chaos is going on in our lives. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, and, and people go back to this passage all the time in these situations, but uh, but it, it, it's so true. When Peter gets out of that boat to walk on that water, as long as he's got his eyes and his focus is on Jesus. I mean, there, there was a storm going on, man. I mean, these are huge waves. That boat was rocking. And Jesus is walking on these waves on this water, and there's a storm going on, and there's wind blowing, and all this stuff. And and, and, and if you've ever been to the ocean, and you've seen these waves coming in, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, my daughter and I went to Myrtle Beach, and, was, and the water was so strong, she couldn't even surf uh, because she wasn't strong enough to, to get out there very far to get on the waves. And, and it, it took all the strength I had just to get out there just a little bit because the waves were just so big and powerful and they were back to back to back and it's like I would wipe out and as soon as I would stand up I'm I'm getting pounded by another wave and and so Peter's out there in this in the boat with the other disciples and here comes Jesus and he's walking uh, it, it's nighttime and you got lightning going on you got the strong winds going on you got these waves going on and here comes Jesus walking on these on these waves on this water and and you know, Peter says, if it's really you, let me come out to you. And Peter steps out of the boat and he's walking on the water as long as he is looking at Jesus. But as soon as he gets his attention off of Jesus, and Jesus gets out of focus because life happens. He starts feeling the water hitting. He, he, he starts noticing that he's, uh, the, 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 that he's wet now and the wind is blowing against his wet body and, 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 and he's noticing that the lightning is in the background and, and so he's, he's getting his attention off of Jesus because he's being pounded by all this stuff life stuff right? because Peter is, is a fisherman he's used to the water he, he knows all about storms he knows all about uh, being out in the middle of the sea in a boat during a storm but this is different 
because he's being pounded as he's walking on the water. And so he starts looking around and he gets his eyes off Jesus. And that's what Satan does. He, he, he you know, we're trying to walk with Jesus and, and he throws waves at us. He throws wind at us. He throws lightning. He throws thunder. And you, know, and you hear the clap of the, you hear all these claps and these loud booms and, you know, and you got this going on and that going on and it's worry and it's chaos and it's confusion and it's, ah! And so we, Peter gets his eyes off of Jesus and he begins to sink. And Jesus has to reach down his hand and pull Peter up out of the water and they're back on the boat. And that's what Jesus does. And you know, what's so cool about that story is that they're immediately on the shore where they, where they were trying to get to in the first place. Like supernaturally. And that's what Jesus does. Even when we're sinking because you know all this chaos is going on around us, Jesus is still there and he, he reaches down his hand and he pulls us up out of the chaos out of the mess out of all this crap that's going on in our lives that's taking our focus off jesus he's like here i'm right here just reach out your hand and 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 grab hold of me and keep your focus keep your eyes on me because i can get you out of this i can get you through this and i can get you to a place of safety and just a blink of an eye because that's how powerful he is so it doesn't take much to, to get guitars out of tune. And it doesn't take much to get our lives, even though we're following Jesus the best that we can, it does not take much to get our lives out of tune with God. But that's the thing. If we stay with Jesus, He tunes us. And the last thing that I want to mention about guitars need tuning is this. When... The, when I was on stage in front of all those people at church and was jamming with my one string badly out of tune and everybody could hear it and everybody knew it and it was so embarrassing to me, it took that person who, who has been playing in a band for a long time who knows music a whole lot better than I do to come over and say, hey, here's the issue. You've got a string out of tune. And I said, I know, what do I do? And they said, just retune, just stop what you're doing and retune your guitar. And so here's the thing. I know in this day in social social media and te- texting and, and, and things like, like that, we, we don't really get involved in people's lives anymore. We're too worried about what's going on in our own lives. But the fact is, when we see people who are struggling, they're following Christ, but they've got something going on that just keeps knocking them down. We're supposed to go and help. We're supposed to go to that brother or that sister who is struggling with a sin and help them. Not ignore them, but to help them. Just like Jesus reached down into that water and pulled Peter up out of that water. We are to go to that person and help them. And Matthew 8, just like that lady came to me. Uh, and told me, hey, you're, you're, you need to stop what you're doing and retune your guitar. We need to go to people that we know who are in sin and say, look, you need to stop what you're doing because this sin has got you out of tune with God. Stop what you're doing and retune. In other words, get your focus right. And we, you know, we don't want to do that because we, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, yeah, I would rather hurt their feelings than them getting to heaven than to just keep my mouth shut and them go to hell. That would be terrible. 
terrible. You know, well, it's uncomfortable for me to have to go to that person. Yes, it is. It's very uncomfortable, but it's necessary. In Matthew 18, 15 through 17, Jesus says, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. But listen to what Jesus said. Go privately. Go to that person and talk to them about their sin. If the other person listens and confesses it, you've won that person back. But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you may that you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. But you can see the process here. You go to the person alone and you say, hey, you're in this sin, this sin, you know, it's, you, know you, you need to stop what you're doing. But if, if they don't listen, you go get two or three witnesses, not so you can gossip and, and, and tell their business all over the church, but you take two or three witnesses with you to establish that, hey, I've gone to this person alone. It didn't work. So I'm bringing you, and here's the situation. We're going to talk to them about it again with these witnesses. And then if that don't work, you get the whole church involved. There's a process and I, I, I've seen this happen. I've, I've been a Christian since I was 11 years old. I've seen this happen once. This process right here. One time. Churches just, we, we just don't do it. You know, and it, we're kind of like a, uh, um, the Good Samaritan story. We're like the religious people who just walked on the other side of the road and said, oh, uh, you're struggling down there? You're dying? Oh, oh, that looks terrible. But we, we got to get to church. So, we, you know, we got to mosey on through. We're not going to help you. That, that just you know it's not the way to be we got to be like the good samaritan who saw the jew laying in the ditch bandaged up their wounds and, and and took them to an end to recover and even paid their bill we got to get involved in people's lives as as ugly and as hard as it is because if, if we know that a person is struggling with sin we're the example of jesus we gotta we gotta be the tuner in that situation and we have to help them with their struggle and pull them out of that struggle if we can. Galatians 6, 1-3, Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way, Obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. That's the words of Paul. That's why, But listen to what he says. He's talking to Christians. Dear brothers and sisters, he's talking to us. If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly Help that person back onto the right path. Not kick them while they're down. Not beat them over the head with your Bible and say, you're getting their sin. You know, you're, you're, you want to get us the Word of God. You know, No, no. No. You don't beat them up with the Bible. You know, you, you know, you're doing this or you're doing that. No, it's, look, I love you. I'm, we all struggle, but I'm here to help you because I need you to help me. We're going to encourage one another to, and I want to help you get out of this situation, out of this mess that, that, that has 
bound you, who's got you held captive so that you can be free because Jesus died to set us free and you're free because Jesus has set you free, but you, you just got entangled back into this web. And, and, and so, you know, I know you've struggled and I, I've watched like, like a, a bug caught into a spider web. The more it struggles, the more entangled that it gets. And then that spider comes and injects poison in, into it until it kills it. And then, then he wraps it up and has lunch or supper or breakfast. And that's what Satan does. He, 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 he gets us caught in these webs. And, you know, we think we can do it on our own. And so we struggle and we struggle and we struggle. And then we, next thing you know, we're, we're struggling. We're wrapped into this web and of sin and and we can't get out on our own even though we try and we try and we try and we try and so it takes somebody coming along and and and, and pulling us out of that web and saying i'm here to help you i'm going to set you free but we can't do that if we don't get involved into that person's life and that, that that's why paul says if you think you're you're too important to help you're not you're only fooling yourself because you're not that important and you're not and i'm not but we are important in, in, in the point that we are uh, to, pe- to be like Jesus. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And if we see somebody struggling, we're to be Jesus to that person in a, and go to them in a loving, gentle, humble spirit and help them. That's how Jesus handled people. He, he was kind. He was compassionate. The Bible says over and over that he had compassion on people. And he didn't beat them over the head. He, he forgave them and he loved them unconditionally. And, and, and he, he knew the people, like the woman at the well had been married five times. And she's living with a guy. He, he didn't beat her up with that sin. When she started to confess her sins to him, he said, I, I, I know. Because he, he said, I know you're living with this man and you've had five husbands. I'm not here to condemn you for it. I'm here to love you because I'm the Messiah. And I'm here to forgive you of your sins. And so that's what we do. We, we, we go to people that are struggling with sin. And, and like, like Paul says, or like Jesus says, don't, don't be careful that you don't fall into the same sin. You know, if, if, if I'm an alcoholic or if I'm a drug user... Uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm not going to go uh, hang out at the bar with somebody where I'm, uh, um, or if I'm a gambler, I'm not going to go to the casino where I'm tempted to, to fall into the sin. But I, I will go to that brother or sister before they get to the bar, before they get to the casino, before they go see their drug dealer, and or you know, just fill in the blank with any sin, and say, hey we've been delivered by the power of Christ, by the blood of Jesus, and we should not live this lifestyle anymore. And I'm here to help. And so I'm, 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 I'm offering, I'm extending my hand to you to pull you out of this storm. And so uh, we, we go in love and not condemnation, and, and we look to Jesus as the example how he handled people with grace and mercy and compassion. I mean, if you think about Jesus and the attitude of Jesus, and, and, and Paul says in Philippians 2 to have this attitude of Christ, 
Well, what kind of attitude did Jesus have? Uh, he, when he was getting arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, and his betrayer Judas had led this little militia there to the uh, to the garden to arrest Jesus. Do you do you remember what Jesus did and, and, and said uh, to Judas? Judas walks up to him, gives him a kiss on the cheek because that was the signal to the militia that that is the one that they are to arrest. And Jesus just looks at it, Judas. And he doesn't say, I know why you're here. I can't believe you've done this to me. You know, he didn't have an attitude like that at all. He just looks at Judas and he calls him friend. Friend, why have you come? Jesus knew why he'd come, but he wanted, he, he, he wanted Judas to, to, to confess it, to experience it. And that is the attitude that we are to have with people. I mean, Judas was the money carrier. He, he was the treasurer of the group, and he was stealing money from the bag, the money bag. He was stealing money that they had collected to survive on. Jesus knew that the whole time, but yet Jesus washed his feet. He washed Judas's feet before Judas went off to betray him. That's the attitude that we are to have with people. A humble attitude, a gentle, a spirit or heart of kindness, compassion, and that's what I want to end on. On guitars, need tuning. Maybe today, you've listened to this. I'm calling the poser test. And, and you realize, man, I've, I've got a lot of work to do because there, there's people I don't like. There's people I don't want to be around. And I, you know, and I know I shouldn't be that way. I, I'm, I'm to be like Jesus. Maybe somebody's done something to hurt you deeply. That somebody has offended you. Uh, and maybe there's a grudge going on. You know, what, I don't know. But if there is, then you need to make that right with God. You, you, you need to uh, pray. You know, Jesus says to, to love your enemies, to pray for them. So pray for that person. Pray for that situation and ask God to, or ask Jesus to reach his hand down into the chaos, into that hurt, in, 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 into that anger, into that bitterness, and pull you out of it so that you can have uh, a, a, a spirit of, of, of um, love and compassion to be graceful and merciful to that person who has hurt you. Uh, and no matter how they've hurt you, uh, we have to have a heart of forgiveness. And we have to forgive those people. That's what Jesus did. Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. He said that while he was in so much pain, about to die on the cross. He was hanging on the cross trying to breathe. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so where's your heart at? Are you in tune with God? And if not, I, I just pray, if you're a Christian, that you would get your focus off of what's going on around you and, and, and your situation and get it back on Jesus. And get in His Word and, 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 and be a person of prayer and communicate with Him and say, this is what's going on in my life, God. If you're mad at God about it, tell Him. He already knows. You're not surprising Him. He already knows your situation. He already knows you're mad. He knows you're mad at him, but he wants to. He he wants you to talk to him. Ask for forgiveness and say, "I need your help. Help me with this situation. I I, I need to focus on you. 
and I can't because I'm mad at you. So help me out here, God. And He will. But if you, if you know that a person is in sin, and we are the hands and the feet of Jesus, are you going to people in love and compassion with a humble heart and humility and, and helping us? Or are you just letting them go and, and just you know watching them waste away and watching them drown in their chaos and in their confusion and in the crap that's going on in their life? That's not Jesus. Jesus would be there to help. And if you know that there's somebody who is struggling with sin, I pray that you would get your hands dirty and get messy and get involved and help them. Help them to get in tune with God. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I pray because you are definitely out of tune with God, you're. I mean, you you don't. You're not even on the stage, and your you, your strings are way out of tune, and you're not making good music. You may think you are. You may look the part, like the Pharisees. You 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 may be out there telling people that that you're good with God, and, uh, and you know you may be having uh, some other kind of religion that that you know that that a counterfeit religion that that uh, it looks godly, but it's not. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, then your sins are not forgiven. And you are separated from God. And if you die in that, in that position, in that way, then you're going to be lost for eternity. And you'll be with the devil in hell for eternity. Separated from God, never to have an, a second chance. So why not get in tune with God today to, to, to call on the name of Jesus uh, for, the, for uh, the forgiveness of your sins? Why not be baptized as we're commanded to do over and over again throughout the book of Acts and in the New Testament? Uh, to be buried in a water baptism, to come up out of that water a new creation in Christ, Romans chapter 6, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God and start your journey today of walking on that water with God and, and, and having your focus be on Jesus. God bless you. Uh, I um, will have another part uh, to this sermon or these uh, uh, poser tests uh, of called Guitars in Jesus uh, coming very soon. Thank you for listening today and I pray that God uh, will bless you richly. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.